0: Download the free GunDealio app to your smartphone. Find out about the latest deals and news on guns and gear. Includes the latest Gun Talk podcast and Gun Talk videos. That's GunDealio on the App Store and Google Play. On Tom Gresham's Gun Talk, it's Easter Sunday, and Tom and the Gun Talk crew are spending some valuable time with their families. But sit back and enjoy this reloaded Gun Talk. Tom discusses the Parkland police response, gun values, and the debate over arming teachers. And now, here's your host, Tom Gresham.
1: Let's get to it. Tom Gresham here. It's called Gun Talk, and we're going to be talking about guns today. If you'd like to join us, it's really easy, 866-TALK-GUN, or even still easier. Just dial 1, and then Tom Talk Gun on a cell. You don't even have to use the 1. We'll give you that number back for use somewhere else. It's going to be um, an interesting day. We'll talk about this. It is a time of um, upheaval. It's a time Of action, it's a time of fighting. It's a time for defense. It's a time for offense. It's a time for review. It's a time to figure out if you're on the sidelines or are you going to get in the game. Simple as that. You got to play, or you lose. You don't have an option of not playing. You know, and say, "Well, I just I won't do anything." So we won't. No, you're going to lose. We're going to lose. What am I talking about? Well, of course, we're talking about the aftermath of the school shooting in Parkland, Florida. And people ask me, well, is this different? Yeah, it is. This one's different. The reaction's different. This is all about reaction now. All about reaction. The gun ban lobby was spring-loaded. They already had everything lined up. And and look, you got to give them credit. They're smart. They poured tons of money into this. Billionaire dollars from billionaires like Bloomberg and Soros. And they were sitting there ready to go. They already had the laws drawn up, the the restrictions, the bans. They had them ready to go in state legislatures everywhere, in your state, my state, every state. They're ready to go. They have already been handed. These laws have already been handed to legislators. They are currently being introduced into state legislator, legislatures around the country. And they're all the same bill because they were all written by Bloomberg's goons. Sorry, but that's just the way it is. And what do they say? Well, we're going to ban this, we're going to ban that, we're going to ban ammo, we're going to ban ARs, we're going to ban anything that's semi-automatic, we're going to ban anything with a collapsible stock, we're going to ban anything with a threaded barrel. That includes, by the way, pistols, not just rifles, not just ARs. Is your pistol a semi-auto and has a threaded barrel? Uh, uh, Goodbye. Hmm. Didn't know that. They're not telling you that. Got to read the bill. You got to look at the details. But that's what's going on. Now, here's the thing. And this is why I want to talk to you about it. Here's the thing. It's happening whether or not you're involved. It's happening right now. And if you, and you over there, and you over there, and I, if we collectively don't get off our collective rear ends and get involved right now, this day, tomorrow, this week, not next week, next week's too late, we lose because momentum is here. And where's the momentum coming from? That's the interesting part of this whole thing. We're going to have this national walkout day. Kids walk out of schools. They're going to march on D.C. Well, it plays well to the media. I mean, obviously, the media is very sympathetic to the idea of banning guns. They've called for the ban of guns. They like it. You have a core group of intellectuals who are guarded 24-7 by people with guns, but they don't want you to be guarded by people with guns. In our case, in my case, the people with guns is me, okay, because I can't afford to hire people who carry guns to protect me. But Bloomberg can. Chuck Schumer can. Nancy Pelosi certainly can. Richest member of Congress, Nancy Pelosi. So what's going on here? Why is this happening? It is the opportunity they have been waiting for. And for a lot of these school kids, it's a day off of school. It's a party. It's an event. It's happening. It's a chance to be involved in something. I get that. It's exciting. They just don't think very far into it. Well, you know, I'm going to protest. Really, what are you going to protest? Well, you know, you have to protest to change things. Well, protest can certainly change things. What are you protesting? Gun laws. Okay, what are you going to do? I don't know. We've got to change gun laws. Well, what are the gun laws you're going to change? Well, I don't know, but they have to be changed. You mean you don't know what they are? Well, no, but we've got to do something about it. Well, what, and here we are, and we're running around and around and around. One of my themes today is going to be we have to be smarter, we have to be more effective, we have to stop doing what loses and start doing what wins. And for some weird reason, and I have said this for the last 23 years on this program, for some reason, those there are a lot of people in the gun world who are perfectly content to lose while saying they're right. Here's the thing. I mean, the baseline here. We're using losing arguments. We're saying things that are not persuasive. We don't win hearts and minds when we could. We have certainly the facts on our side, but we also have emotion on our side. We have a track record that works. We have guns saving lives all over the country, left and right, men and women using guns. Uh, a guy using an AR-15 to stop a guy from, uh, with a knife from attacking two women this past week. Didn't have to shoot him, okay? Simple as that. We use guns to save lives. We have the message. But yet we continue to say dumb things that don't do anything, like well, if I put my gun on this table in a hundred years, it won't hurt anybody. My guns have never hurt anybody. Who cares? Losing argument. Waste of breath. Save your breath. You're not helping the cause. You're not doing anything. But if you want to make an impression, you can say, well, you know, there are hundreds of thousands of defensive gun uses every year. Oh, really, where does that come from? Oh, I don't know. Multiple university studies. Actually, the... Bureau of uh, Justice Statistics, Well, you, you do know, and you can start off. And the thing is, you have to understand how to propose the things. Are you aware? Here's one for you. Here's, here's a winning one for you. When you're talking to someone who may be leaning toward the left, maybe, whatever, you know, just pick, pick whatever group you want. It doesn't matter because anybody's going to be sensitive to this. It doesn't really matter who this person is. And actually, I want to know. Here's a question. Are you aware that when you buy a gun from a firearms dealer, the form that you have to fill out asks what race you are? Not just once, but twice. It asks, in one place, are you Hispanic or white? In another, it asks you a bunch of different possibilities for your race. Why? Why does the federal government want to know what your race is when you're buying a gun? There will be a lot of people who will be offended at that. They don't know that. And then you say, well, do you by any chance recreationally use marijuana? Well, yeah, it's legal here. Well, I'm sorry you can't have a gun. What do you mean it's legal? No. sorry you can't. Really? No. It's all about figuring out what's their hot buttons and getting to it. Learning how to present your position in a winning way. Not beating people down. The goal is not to make other people admit that they're wrong. Nobody wants to do that. What you want them to do is to look at what they believe and go, huh, I think maybe somebody has misled me. Not that, hey, you have to admit you're wrong, and I'm right. Nobody's ever got, won an argument that way. It's not going to work. Because if here's the thing. If we don't get involved right now, things are happening in these state legislators' legislatures. These laws are coming up for votes, and we have to contact our legislators. But more importantly, listen up here. We've got to show up. I'm on the list for the Everytown and the Moms Demand Action Groups, and I'm getting these emails about these meetings they're having. They're having phone meetings for training. They're having pre-meetings where everybody gets together and gets trained up. They're handing out red T-shirts for everybody to wear when they go to the legislature. They are mobilized. They are organized. They have money behind them, and they're going to be there. Are we? Are you? Are you? Do you know when this is happening in your state capitol? What's your level of commitment? Will you take a day off to drive to the state capitol to appear there? Will you take a few minutes to testify? Are you part of your state organization? Do you know what's going on? Because they do. They need bodies. It's really hard. It's really hard for us to get supposedly motivated Second Amendment supporters and activists to simply show up. Okay, enough browbeating here. You know what I'm talking about. Here's what I want to know from you. What are you hearing out there? What are the arguments you're hearing? What has, <laughs> as you see all this, what's your take on it? What has made you maybe the angriest? Because there's plenty to be angry about in the way the media has portrayed this. I'd love to know that, 866-TALK-GUN. Also, a little bit later on in the show today, we're going to be talking about the law enforcement's reaction, their response to the shooting in Parkland, and there's a lot to talk about there. We're going to second hour, gonna be talking about gun values. We're going to have Steve Fiested from the Blue Book of Gun Values, so you can call in and ask what your gun's worth, and Steve can help you out with that. And then go, we're gonna be talking to a woman with a major national group of women shooters talking about the very idea, the insulting idea, that teachers, women could not be trained to use firearms to defend children. 866 talk gun.
0: Are you looking for a place to shoot? The National Shooting Sports Foundation has a great website called wheretoshoot.org. It's the largest database of shooting ranges on the Internet. It's also a great resource for shooters where you can find video tips, printable targets, and a lot more. Find it online at wheretoshoot.org. And while you're there, download their free iPhone app. That's
2: wheretoshoot.org. Perhaps more than any other landscape, wetlands embody the life-giving abundance that nature has to offer. And perhaps more than any other organization, Ducks Unlimited is working to ensure that our continent's wetlands not only survive, but thrive for generations well beyond this one. The time is now to band together. The time is now to rescue our wetlands.
0: Whether you are a first-timer or seasoned shooter, Double Star has the guns, edged weapons, and parts you desire. Our products are made in America and held to the highest quality standards, no exceptions. Double Star and Ace Limited manufactures products people bet their lives on without hesitation. That awesome responsibility motivates the Double Star family, and it will proudly protect yours. When you're ready for the best, join our family at Star15.com. That's Star15.com. Now at LibertySafe.com, you can buy a Liberty safe at a great price and receive 12 months interest free payments with zero down and 0% APR, with some safes as low as $20 a month on approved credit. Peace of mind, lifetime warranty, and in home delivery service. Go to LibertySafe.com now for 12 months interest free payments with zero down and 0% APR. LibertySafe.com.
1: All right, back with the 866-TALK-GUN. or just dialed Tom Talk Gun. I see that uh, Donald Trump wants to put, it, $12 million into the federal government for ATF to process applications for NFA items. Of course, ABC News, all they can talk about is Trump DOJ wants to speed up sales and transfers of <gasps> machines. Well, actually, it would be almost entirely silencers because that's where the backlog is. We're looking at a 9- to 12-month backlog, and that is – you shouldn't have to wait 9- to 12 months to exercise your constitutional right. So they're going to fund getting 25 more people so they can process these applications. Diane Feinstein – uh, Pelosi, rather – is uh, saying it's unconscionable, of course, to speed up, to prioritize the applications for – Machine guns. At the same time, what was your reaction? Seriously, what was your reaction when you heard Donald Trump saying, yeah, maybe we'll just uh, don't worry about the constitutional rights, we'll just take the guns away from them and we'll worry about the rights later. A lot of folks on our side kind of uh, caught their breath when he did that. And then he said, well, you know, maybe we can give up the 19, 20-year-olds buying guns. Maybe we'll raise raise the age to 21. Really? Here's the thing. And I've actually heard other people, gun owners, people who supposedly support the Second Amendment, saying, well, you know, we can give that up. 21, that'd be okay. Really? Let me throw this out. What do we get from giving that up? Because this is a battle, this is a fight, this is a wrestling match, it's a, a boxing match, it's whatever you want to do, whatever metaphor you want for it. What do we get out of that? We give that up. I said, well, that, then, then they just get that and go away. <laughs> oh, silly people. No, they turn right around and say, we want more. That didn't work. That didn't work. It didn't reduce crime. No, it never does, because gun laws don't reduce crime. Gun laws do not reduce crime. Let me just cover that one more time. Gun laws do not, cannot, never have, never will reduce crime. Therefore, they are destined to fail. And when they fail, the gun banners simply say, see, we didn't go far enough yet, and they come back for more. So if we give up something, it's a one-way street. All they want is more. We never get it back. Why would we do that? Why would we ever? And seriously, people say, well, you guys just won't compromise. You're right. I won't, I won't budge an inch. I won't give up a, the slightest centimeter, millimeter, nothing. Why is that? Because you never get it back, and it won't accomplish anything in terms of crime control. It won't make anybody safer. It simply strips us of our constitutional rights, and it gets you closer to what you want, which is no guns. So no, I'm not going to give that up. No, I'm not going to compromise on that. No. No. You mean, we're going to put a machine gun in an 18-year-old's hand and send him off to war, but when she comes back here, she can't have a pistol to defend herself and her children. Really? That's what we're doing here? Oh, man. Uh, Line three, Oli is with us out of Billings, Montana. Hey, Oli, you're on Gun Talk. What's up?
2: Well, hello, Tom. I heard you talking about that crazy kid in Florida that... There were so many opportunities for the uh, authorities to do something about it, but they never seemed to be able to find the time or the motivation. And I think it was a matter of, you know, it was going to require the people to do some work. And something happened here in Montana. A good friend of mine, not a uh, undocumented alien or anything, a good upstanding citizen raising a family, started himself a gun shop, a second-hand use store pawn shop, Mm -hmm. developed a brain tumor, and Mm -hmm. the poor guy is still living. And he called me the other day and said, Oli, I'm out of business. And said he got contacted by the government and said, since he's a medical cannabis user, Mm legal, he can't sell guns anymore. They have time. Yeah. They had time, I heard you mention that, they had time to go after this fine, upstanding person Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. a family and everything, but they don't have time to take care of a crazy lunatic. And then, after it's all done and said, because they didn't want to do their jobs, they just want to pass it off and blame it on guns and blame it on a bunch of stuff that has nothing to do with the problem at all. But they have time. And resources. Sure, to, to chase down
1: this guy who's, who's got a medical marijuana card and he's getting treatment that way. You know, and you know what makes it possible? Here's the thing. This is what makes it possible. They have records of people who have FFLs and then they can access and they cross reference the records, the medical records, and that's part of the whole Obama deal. All your medical records are now accessible by the government. And, you know, <laughs> here we are. The medical marijuana deal may get solved at some point when enough people realize what's going on. Uh, I don't know where we're going to end up with that, but an awful lot of people are going to get caught on this one where they're going to get caught. They have a medical marijuana card and they can't uh, they can't own a gun. Yeah, no, they're not supposed to keep the records. This isn't this isn't a case of a forty four seventy three. This is a case of a guy who's got an FFL. That that record they do keep. They know who has records there, so I understand. Thank you, Oli. Really appreciate that. John's in Fort Dodge, Iowa, on two. John, constitutional carry. What's going on?
3: Um, yes, the before the weekend was out after the uh, Parkland shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the uh, uh, state senator that uh, or representative. I'm sorry. It had uh bill in for uh, constitutional carry for Iowa right and they yanked it
1: well yeah cuz they are all afraid, afraid. Not have
3: enough well, yeah, they, they don't, don't want to be sir, we're not going to have enough uh, uh, support for it so they they said we're sure.
1: They're running away. They're afraid that I don't want to be seen as being pro gun in anything because you know, the mood, and they're, look, they're politicians. They're looking at the mood. They said, the mood is anti gun. I don't want to do that. We can't get the votes. Well, on the one hand, you could say, okay, if you can't mm-hmm. get the votes, you've got to pull it. You come back next year because that's politics. That's how it works. I get that. Yep. And that's okay.
3: what was done last year with
1: it. Yeah. At the same time, at a certain point, you have to say, okay, you have to put it up for a vote. And if it gets voted down, we'll come back next time. But put it up for a vote. Because I want to show of hands. I want to know who it is. I want to be able to go into their offices and talk to them. I want to have a an adult, cordial, but pointed conversation. And I want to talk to these people. If they won't have a vote on it, then they're not doing their job. And that, that would be my message to them is don't be a coward. You thought this was a good idea. Don't worry about it not having the votes. Put it up. How many states do we have... Where concealed carry was voted down and down and down and down and six, eight times before it passed. You've got to put it up for a vote. You know, and this, and this thanks, John, I appreciate the call. It goes back to what I was talking about. Is what are we getting out of this? Well, you know, you, you should give us the uh, banning gun sales to under 21. Really? Okay, what are you going to give us? What do you mean? How about national reciprocity? Well, no, we can't do that. Well, how about uh, constitutional carry everywhere? Well, no, we can't do that. Well, you want something, but you're not giving us anything. And they're not going to because they feel like they have the leverage now. And they only have the leverage if you and if I give them the leverage. If we act guilty, if we feel guilty, if we let the media make us feel that way. When we're in the right, we, we're the people who teach gun safety. We're the ones who do it right Murders with guns are down. Gun crime is down 70% over the last 20 years, and the media will not report that anywhere. Tell you what, when we come back, let's talk about the police response to the Parkland school shooting. How'd it go? We're going to be talking to a veteran law enforcement officer and a uh, well-known firearms person. It's going to be uh, pretty interesting. We'll be right back with more Gun talk.
0: Welcome back to a special Reloaded Gun Talk with Tom Gresham.
1: All right, that's with the 866-TALK-GUN gets you in here. We're still talking about, well, the events of the day, the week, the month, the aftermath of the Parkland school shooting, and the way that, The media and the gun ban industry, but I repeat myself because they tend to be one and the same, are reacting to this. We have schools that are making it difficult for students to opt out, to say the least, of the protest marches. You will march. We have students who have become media celebrities, coached up, of course, you know, in the whole thing. But what actually happened? At the Parkland School, we've heard a lot of different things about the police response. They showed up. Did they not go in? How many stayed back? Why did they stay back? It's not easy to decipher this sometimes. And sometimes you need a background in law enforcement to say, okay, this is what's going on. Because you can look at it differently when you have that kind of background. Joining me right now is a friend of mine, Rich Grassy. He is the editor and writer, for, trainer, a retired uh, law enforcement officer, the editor of... Uh, the tactical wire, which you may be aware of, Rich. Welcome. How you doing, Tom? I'm good. As you're sitting in here, we're looking at all this coverage of the Parkland school shooting and the police response and all that, your old cop Spidey senses have to be firing off.
3: Well, it's it's an enormously sad situation from way back before the thing actually even took place. Um, and when I look at the law enforcement response, I'm looking at it from the situation in advance. What did we know? When mm-hmm. did we know it? Mm-hmm. And uh, then, of course, what you're addressing is is what happened at the actual situation.
1: It's a good point, though, because um, I guess the uh, the Sheriff's Department was called out to this home numerous times.
3: And the, and the media, as you know uh, from many years' experience in media and we see things in news reports and that's very seldom vetted very seldom fact checked you don't really get the real information mm-hmm. uh, it seems like too often and so we really don't know how many times that they were called out there we don't and we know it's right. more than once it was many times right that there are some uh, domestic cases we know what uh, just based on what's happened since then there have been some stories that not really widely reported, but, but reported just a little bit on law enforcement officers, even in the state of Florida, taking action against people who had made similar threats against their schools in the aftermath of Parkland. So apparently there was already something in place hmm. for the officers to act on it in advance of this thing happening, because they none just, of the laws had changed.
1: So they just didn't yeah. do it?
3: They Well, it would appear that uh, a lot of people fell down on the job. See something, say something, became see something, say something, do nothing. That's when a problem. I,
1: And I know it's, it's difficult when you've got a, a career in law enforcement to criticize cops. Uh, I thought that we had gotten to the point now where the doctrine had changed. We have the stopwatch of death concept now where time is lives and first cop on the scene goes in not sits there and waits for backup and then more backup and then more backup, which it, uh, you know, it appears that's what was happening. What's from your take back on around
3: that? the time, yeah, from, from back around the time of Columbine, when that happened, the National Tactical Officers Association uh, promulgated a, a recommended policy mm-hmm. on response to active shooter events. And, Since then, since that time, in fact, we ran the story, one of the very first Tactical Wire editions we ran, July 3rd, 2008, we ran a story that was written by Chuck Haggard, uh, who at that time was a full-time serving law enforcement officer. He retired from that agency and is now at another agency Mm -hmm. working full-time, and he did a piece called Single Officer Response in Active Shooter Events. This is someone who has actually been at an active killing event and gone in by himself. Mm-hmm. And that was as of the time he had written about this back in 2008. So this is not something unheard of. It's something we haven't considered. It's something we don't like, obviously. right? Uh, because you have all these areas of responsibility and you're there by yourself and nobody will watch the rest of the room that you can't see or the rest of the hall or the I mean, rest
1: of the it, it is inherently so, It's inherently dangerous. We understand that.
3: Right? Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely, but it, it's the kind of thing that, that that's the hand you were dealt, right? and it's not a very good hand, but it's the hand you got, and you've got to play it. And so as far back as 2008, we were writing about single officer responses, and in fact, he had had cases that he had written up in that article from that time. We re- ran the story recently in the Tactical Wire. Mm-hmm. But he, there were several incidents, uh, as of the time he had written that, in which single officer response turned the tide the, the, and stopped point,
1: killing. If I can, Rich, the point being that as you sit outside and wait, people are dying. That's That's really the bottom line on this.
3: That's true. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, it's not the kind of thing that you can
1: wait around on, no. You can't I mean, it, it, they call it the stopwatch of death for a reason. You know, as the clock ticks, people die. So you got to go. And I know there are people who say, well, you know, what can one officer do? Maybe all he has is a handgun. There have been innumerable uh, instances of one trained person, law enforcement or not, with a handgun stopping someone with a rifle and doing it very effectively.
3: U.S. Air Force bicycle cop on a military installation armed with an M9 Beretta, and he faced a guy at some 70-some yards away who Andy, was uh, shooting up a hospital, and yep. he won.
1: Andy Brown. Won the yep. In, in yeah. the, uh, the book, Warnings Unheated, uh, it's a really great book. But, yeah, I made, I made a shot at 72 yards with his 9-millimeter Beretta hit this guy. Absolutely. It stopped him. I and mean, people say, well, what could you do with a handgun? That if you 're good, if you know what you're doing, but at the very least at the very least, you distract and you bring the tension off of killing other people well, yeah, and I mean, what we've seen
3: what we've seen in these cases is that when there's tactical pressure brought to bear, mm-hmm. generally one of three things happen you know either he'll just give up in place, mm-hmm. he'll try to flee unarmed like this kid did. Mm-hmm or he'll uh he'll kill himself, which is something he really probably should have done at the outset and saved us all the trouble
1: start up start off with that one yeah tell them about
3: the
1: uh the tactical wire and what it is and how people can get it
3: well, the tactical wire you can find that at the dot com part of the outdoor wire digital network we have the shooting wire and other services we run two days a week. And our target audience uh, is uh, basically people who are concerned about personal defense and personal safety, as well as armed professionals in the military, um, law enforcement, and uh, private security. It's a, so, it's a uh, free, free email read?
1: newsletter. I mean, It arrives twice a week in your email box, Absolutely. and you can read it or not as you want to, but it's really good. Lots of t- good information in it. You do a great job the,
3: with yeah, it. Yeah, the, the, the subscription is free. I appreciate the kind of work. Subscription's free, and if you're not satisfied, you get your money back.
1: So there you go. <laughs> TheTacticalWire.com. Rich, thank you so much. Thank you, Tom. Talk to you all later. Right, take, all right. 866-TALK-GUN. Stay or go. Stay or go. How do you decide? Have you thought about it? What's your plan? 866-TALK-GUN.
0: Think all ammo's the same? Think again. Agula Ammunition uses the highest quality materials and is one of the world's largest
1: rimfire manufacturers. Want silent 22 ammo, powderless Super Calibri, and sniper subsonic Merely Whisper? For light recoil and big performance, mini shells make any shotgun a pleasure to shoot. Match grade and the hyper-fast Super Maximum and Interceptor 22 loads get the maximum for your rifle or pistol. Visit agulaammo.com slash rimfire. Feed your firearm.
0: For tactical equipment for military, law enforcement, and shooting enthusiasts, look for the name Elite Survival Systems, creators of high-quality, intelligently designed products for concealed carry, discreet transport, and rigorous tactical uses. Elite Survival Systems knows there isn't just one method of carry that works for everyone. Elite offers a vast array of concealment products to fit your lifestyle, including holsters, belts, vests, pouches, slings, bags, backpacks, and cases. Find out more at elitesurvival.com.
2: For 36 years, the U.S. Sportsmen's Alliance has been fighting to protect hunting, fishing, and trapping for sportsmen from coast to coast. Today, we are under constant attack from extremist animal rights groups who want to end your ability to hunt in the U.S. Join us to protect our sporting heritage and our way of life outdoors. To join or for more information on how you can help, go to ussportsman.org. That's ussportsman.org. In the war on terror... Fighting crime in the streets, in competition, and homes around the world, one name in firearms stands out, Sig Sauer. Our pistols and rifles are renowned for their unfailing performance. This same commitment to excellence can be found in our line of SigTac accessories and the training offered by the Sig Sauer Academy. For unmatched quality, reliability, and innovation when it counts, choose Sig Sauer. Visit SigSauer.com today.
1: You know, every once in a while I'm talking to somebody. They say, "Well, you, you gun guys, you're just paranoid." <sighs> I guess in a way we are, but it's okay to be paranoid if they really are after you. You know, or maybe the old line is there. It's not really being paranoid if they are really after you. Two stories. First of all, let's see here. Um, breaking news. Let's see. The Department of Justice has announced that the Fast and Furious documents that have been withheld by Eric Holder will finally be released. Hmm. the Fast and Furious program, of course, is the United States government's gun running program where they gave thousands of AKs, ARs, 50 caliber rifles, handguns to narco terrorists, drug runners, drug cartels in Mexico, not with the idea of tracking the guns. That really wasn't what it was about. It was about making sure that these kinds of guns showed up in crime scenes so they could pick them up there and then they could hold them up for the TV cameras and say, See, we have a gun problem and they're coming from the United States and they're killing these Mexicans and we have to do something about guns in America. That's what was going on. That's all that Fast and Furious was. It was a PR move. It was a callous PR move. They said, we will orchestrate the deaths of Mexicans in order to push gun control in the United States of America. Who would do such a thing? Who, who would do? Oh, Eric Holder would. The former attorney general. Well, what do you mean you're paranoid, Tom? Well, you know what? We know who they are. We know what they do. 1995. Let's go in the Wayback Machine. 1995. Eric Holder is the U.S. attorney for the District of Columbia. And he's speaking to a group and it's on a c-span video and the video still exists Ooh. he's speaking to the women's national democratic club january 30th 1995 and in his speech he held up the anti-smoking campaigns as a model for anti-gun campaigns he says and here's the thing you've got to understand where these people are coming from and what they are orchestrating and what they're doing and when you start hearing it, you think, oh, my God, they're everywhere. They're, they're attacking us everywhere. Yes, they are. He says, quote, what we need to do is change the way in which people think about guns, especially young people. And young people, does that ring any bells as of today, this week? Especially young people, I make it something that's not cool. It's not acceptable. It's not hip to carry a gun anymore in a way that we change our attitudes about cigarettes. He didn't stop there. He says he wanted to use influential figures like then Washington, D.C. Mayor Marion Barry, Reverend Jesse Jackson, as well as the widely watched TV shows like The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Martin to forward his anti-gun campaign. He also said that we should push through public schools anti-gun message every day, every school at every level. He says those resources would be the driving force behind a campaign to, quote, here it is, here it is, really brainwash people into thinking about guns in a vastly different way, close quote. Eric Holder, who ended up being the United States Attorney General who oversaw the gun running program taking guns to the narco-terrorists, the cartels in Mexico, with an idea, the whole plan, was to use the crimes they committed, the murders they committed, to trace the guns back to the U.S. and then say, see, we told you, we need gun control here. And they did that, and they kept doing that, and people were dying. And the only reason they stopped is because the United States Border Patrol officer, Brian Terry, was killed with one of those guns. And then the stuff hit the fan. And then he wouldn't release the documents. He wouldn't release the documents. Congress wanted the documents. He wouldn't release them. And then President Obama, Mr. Transparency, Mr. We're going to have an open air administration, invokes executive privilege and says, no, we don't actually have to release those documents. We're now under Jeff Sessions. They're going to release the documents. We're going to find out what was really going on. And I guarantee you, Mark my words, this was a PR effort willing to kill people to push gun control. The whole idea behind Fast and Furious was to push for gun control. Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, Eric Holder, this unholy triumvirate that they had, pushing for gun control, and as one of the people involved in it, one of the officers involved said, look, to make an omelet, you got to break a few eggs. Somebody said, well, you know, if we do this, people are going to die. The response was, well, you know, you got to make an omelet, you got to break a few eggs. Like, well, it's okay, people are going to die, but, you know, that's the way it's going to be. I'm hoping that the information comes out, but I, I share all of this as a way to explain when we talk about, we feel like we're under assault, well, we are under assault, We have them orchestrating the schools, the media, uh, movies, television, to push uh, this message to brainwash people against guns. It's coming from everywhere. The only question is, are you involved? Are you pushing back? Do you have the right tools? We'll talk about that when we come back. straight to the phones now, because in just a little bit, we're going to have Steve Fiesta here from the Blue Book of Gun Values. If you have a gun that you want to know the value of, get ready. In fact, you might want to call now. Start getting in line, because when Steve gets here, it gets really busy. So if you've got a pistol, a rifle, shotgun, you're thinking, what is this thing worth? He is our guy. Call us right now, 866-TALK-GUN. Line one, John's with us, Fargo, North Dakota. John, what's on your mind here?
0: Good afternoon, Tom. Lots of things on my mind. You know, as usual, you're spot on with your with your earlier conversation. But first, I have to give a quick shout out to the good folks at Henry Rifles okay. and a lady named Sandra in particular who went above and beyond the call of duty to take care of a need I had for my Thousand Man Shoot Silver Boy.
1: Oh, nice. Nice. So I had
0: to throw that out there.
1: Okay. But, you well know, done. Tom,
0: I, I view you as the general of this ragged band of troops that are trying to do what's right to protect our rights and you know i've been listening to you and i've been and i've been reacting and i'm hoping some of the other members of the platoon here in north dakota get on board i'm very disturbed lately because all our local talk shows now right on cue a month after this last incident now no longer want to talk about anything to do with guns especially because they're getting hammered by those of us who are doing our job and mm-hmm. politely pointing out where they are incorrect
2: oh. and
0: and that extends to our senator heidi heitkamp of north dakota who has always mm-hmm. taken the easy way out and has misled those of us that are pro-gun into thinking that she was pro-gun and she uh, responded after a month with a glowing letter to me about all the great things she did in the past which were all easy votes you know following mm-hmm. sandy hook right and she does nothing to support s four four six which would fix the NICS system, or at least attempt to start fixing it, mm-hmm. while granting those of us with concealed carry permits reciprocity. Instead, she is putting her weight behind another bill, and I can't remember the number of it for me, for the life of me right now, that only fixes the NICS check, check.
1: Yeah, yeah they, they, yeah, they, dro- they dropped dro- it. Like you right. say. They've dropped reciprocity. They won't touch it right now, you know. And, and my deal is, well, you know what? We're not going to work with you unless you work with us. Because this is politics. You want something, then we want something. Otherwise, you know, don't let the door hit you in the butt on the way out.
0: Exactly, and 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 that's why those of you listening in North Dakota, and I know there's quite a few of them because I run into them at the at, at at one of our large gun dealers here in town from time to time, including some of the sales staff over there. Uh, shout out to Shields. <coughs> But, you know, honestly, Tom, it, it, we need to be proactive and on the offense at this point, just like you said.
1: Yeah, we do. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I have made a commitment myself because I've been wanting to do this, been needing to do this. And here's my promise to you and to everybody else. I am starting to work on the, the binder, if you will, the operating rules how to deal with the media, how to deal with the politicians, what to say, what not to say. Here's a list of all the things we say that are losing arguments. Get rid of those. Don't say those. And then here's the way to start. I was coaching up a friend of mine who is very smart and really knows this stuff. but He's a lawyer. I said, look, you got to stop being a lawyer when you're being interviewed by the media because you want to set things up and, you know, you want to use like six sentences to set up the point you want to make. You'll never get there. you you got one sentence, it's a it's soundbite world. So I, this is what I'm going to be doing, John, my promise to you, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to write it up. I'm going to make it available to everybody so that our people, and there are millions of us, know how to argue effectively. We can argue. <laughs> but you know what? Arguing without winning is pointless. Why even bother? It's all about winning. People say, well, you know, but we're right. Yes, you, we are. And it's immaterial. It drives them crazy when I say that. It's irrelevant. Uh, honestly, it's irrelevant that we're right in terms of winning and losing. We're going to be right either way. So let's be right and win instead of what we have been doing, which is being right and maybe a draw if we're lucky and maybe just lose a little bit. I don't want to do that anymore we got to start playing offense. If all you play is defense and you have a great game, you, you lose 100 yards. Come on. we got to go offense here. All right. 866-TALK-GUN. What's your gun worth? You don't know? Give me a call. We're going to have the guy for you.